completely. He made a goyro. He made a lottery. He was trying to tap into some power to discover what month will be the month that he can, God forbid, um, realize this evil. And the Gemara says that when the Lot came out with the month of Adar, Haman was filled with joy. Yeah. <laughs> Why was Haman filled with joy? He knew that I'm getting it. Why am I getting it? Because Moshe Rabbeinu passed away in Adar. Adds the Gemara, the famous Gemara, that Haman did not know that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away in the month of Adar. Moshe Rabbeinu was also born in the month of Adar. Moshe Rabbeinu was born and he passed Zion Adar. That's the end of the Gemara. And the question is obvious. If we're going to assume that this should be taken literally, many things in the Gemara don't need to be taken literally. In the Chumash, everything is literal. In the, in the Chazal, it could be allegorical, but let's say it's literal. If Haman was a person who knew Jewish history, you tell me, if anyone today go to the school and ask a kid, when was Moshe Rabbeinu born and when did he pass away? I would argue either a child won't know and if they'll know, they'll know both. If someone knows Jewish history, like it's a known thing, wherever it's recorded that he passed away by us, it's recorded that he was born there 120 years earlier. So just what does that mean? That Haman did not know that he was born? He only knew that he passed away? That's a good question. You can argue, okay, that's a fact. He didn't know that. Hasidus says something beautiful. Of course Haman knew that he was born. He knew Jewish history. Now listen to this. When someone is born, are they a tzaddik? Are they great? No, we're born. We're born with great potential, but nothing is realized. When we pass away, then we are who we are. That's it. Becomes fixed. The greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu did not begin on the day of his birth. The greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu, right, began after he worked on himself, after a sum total of 120 years, and he was the greatest tzaddik that we had. Even when you say that he was born and he was right and the house was filled with light, that means that there was tremendous potential. But it's impossible to say to any human being to whom God gives all of us freedom of choice, if we have freedom of choice, then people that have greater potential for good also have greater potential for the opposite. So the tzaddik of Moshe Rabbeinu was by the passing. Passing is not such a good thing, at least from in this world. The birth of Moshe Rabbeinu, Haman discounted because when he was born, big deal, he was just a baby. And that was his mistake. And this is the key to understanding the joy of others. These are the words, and I'll share with you an idea and a story. These are very important words. But I want to give a little intro to these words. In the Western world, people are becoming, as we're getting closer to Mashiach, more and more aware of the many layers of what's going on inside of us, which is very important, because the ultimate redemption is not an external redemption, even though I know many people need external redemptions. But the main, the difference between this Geula of Mashiach and all the other Geulas was before there was something outside that was oppressing us. The Egyptians, Hitler, the Rebbe always emphasized that the unique redemption, and it's unique of the coming of Mashiach, is that it's going to be an inner redemption. In the Sechel and in the heart. Which means that the world will remain exactly the way it is and we will feel redeemed. 
To get there, you have to understand what is going on in my mind, what's going on in my heart. And, so and, as the, and as the Western world is degraded, psychology was revealed by God into the world a few hundred years ago, and it's really getting developed. I just want to say this, this idea that they always speak about different levels of consciousness, and you have to choose to go deeper. But let me tell you why this framing is not ideal, because this, this is basically saying that either I'm living in the periphery, or I'm becoming, I'm living more in the inner world. Either or. Either I'll have this mindset, now it would work, and I shift it to another mindset. Torah, especially Hasidus, emphasizes the importance of not being fixed in any place. It has to be this and that. The question will be, what will be the Iker, what will be the Tafel? What will be the primary place of where you're going to live internally? But there is a lot of movement that has to go on. And I want to say that as an intro to the following words. There is a mindset. And on a in a certain universe within us, it's true and it's important. So is it... Let me, gonna... one second, one second. Let me just finish the thought. Okay. And that is, we just said, when did he become great? When he passed away. Because how did he become greater? Because of the things that he did. Moshe Rabbeinu, like all of us, he had the tests and there was the cross, there were forks in the road and there was the easier way and then there was the, the better way, which demanded work, and then he became a tzaddik, and um, then we don't even know, even a tzaddik rose. There was a lot of avoida that he did. So this concept of he was great when he passed away. When he was born, he had potential, but he didn't do anything yet. All of that is premised on a certain universe in which value is attributed to the things that we do. And there's a truth to that. Running away from that and not coming back is not going to be good for the world and not going to be good to me and it's not going to bring me to redemption. But hold on. In other words, yeah, I'm good because I made the right choice. If I didn't do any good things yet, I'm not that great yet. The longer you live, the more you accomplish. You accomplish more. You are a greater person. Emes. Let me go to a deeper Emes. And again, I'm saying a deeper Emes, not that we should erase this statement. This statement has to be Sometimes we have to be there. Yashkav, the Yashkav. We, we in, in Hasidus, you have to, we have to live in many worlds. Yeah, we're movers. The deeper truth is, is that my value has nothing to do with what I do. It has to do with who I am. And many people go through a lot of anguish, which does not allow the person to experience Simcha, when they are living in the first universe which is my value, my worth, my self-worth, which is the foundation, is based on what I'm doing. And many people look around, and the Yetzir Hara does it to all of us, and no matter how much you might be doing, you will have in your life people that are doing better than you. There, was, there will always be people in our lives, even after Mashiach, that whatever you think is of value, they will have it a bit more. Maybe <laughs> even a lot more. And this is this is Avoida. And then if I'm comparing myself, I'm this and this age, I did this and this effort, and I'm gonna start focusing on those areas in my life where there's still a lot of room for growth, and I'm gonna compare myself to someone who I think with my clogged glasses, who knows what's going on with the other person that that person accomplished more than me. There are other people that have more value. Whatever it is of value. Like, or even where they started. Or even where they start, everything. 
So th- th- there's, a, there's a lot of anguish when a person is in the mode of growth, and I'm not chas v'sholem suggesting that that's a mode that we have to ignore. There is the time and the place for that. The world will not get better without that place. Where am I? Like Cheshbon HaNefesh, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. That's exactly what we're doing. We're not coming to Yom Kippur and telling God, God, I am who I am. I accept who I am. Chutzpah. That's not Yom Kippur. That's some Chastoyim. There is a time for a person to, to, to make a, to the best of their ability, don't exaggerate your tools, which is very difficult. Some people, they they exaggerate their qualities, try not to do that. Some people are arrogant. Most people, 99.99, have an issue with self-esteem, especially the arrogant people. So they, they put themselves down. They're always putting themselves down. They're always putting themselves, so they feel little. So they feel anguished. They feel anguished, they're not gonna feel joy. There is a time, and that's the month of Adar. That's the birth of Moshe. We, in, in a certain deeper universe, the birth of Moshe and the passing of Moshe is equal. Same Moshe Rabbeinu. I, Moshe Rabbeinu, you know how much, you know what he did in 120 years? None of that was done when he was born. Emes. But you know what? He had the same worth. The same worth. Moshe Rabbeinu. They're accepting you, how you are, where you are. Let me, yesh the yesh. The more we live in the latter, the more joy we will experience. Perhaps the less we will grow, but the more joy we're gonna experience. And when a person gets that right balance, this is mamish redemption. Let me say the same in different words. Instead of focusing on self, which is a good beginning point, out that ever begins on self, hopefully as Jews, we're going to focus on God. Same thing. My relationship to God and my relationship to others, there is a truth. And people, if they say otherwise, they're either angels or they're lying, that my relationship to others will be contingent on what they do for me. And if I don't feel like I'm getting what I deserve, or what I would want, or what I need, I'm going to feel a distance. Especially if I'm judging. I'm giving more than I'm receiving. In other words, relationships with self has to do with, am I giving, or am I not giving? If I'm not giving, I'm unworthy. That reflects on others. Are you worthy or not worthy? Depends on what you're doing. Same has to do with the Eivishtim. Is God worthy? How can I have a relationship with God if, from my perspective, many things that God could have made better for me, God did not. I have a problem with God. That problem is premised only because my relationship is sitting on what are we doing for each other? What are you doing for me? And there is a place for that. And there's nothing wrong at some times for a Jew to tell God, God, I really feel like I'm doing my part. I would like for you to do your part. There's a place for that. It's very important. It's not one or the other. It's not right or wrong. But there is a deeper emphasis. The deeper emphasis is that we are connected to God no matter what. Saying, I accept my reality the way it is. But my reality is not good. I'm not running away to find another reality. Because in the other reality, things will get better. It's exactly the way it was meant to be. And the anguish that I feel is because I'm not accepting it. When I learn how to give myself real worth, not based on what I do, but based on who I am, I'm capable, it begins with me, by giving worth to the other, independent of what they do 
for me or for others who they are. I can see them for who they are. Based on what? Listen to the words, based on who they are. You appreciate it the way it is. And when you begin to appreciate life the way it is, even though initially this irritated me and I only wish if God only would have made, the more we accept it, it's not accepting like, since there's nothing I can do, I might as well make peace with it. It's like I have a beat up Honda, I might as well enjoy it. But every time I drive by the Tesla, I just don't look. No, 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 no. Is that we have to come to Amadrega where you look, you look at your life and you say, wow, it's amazing. No one has a life like mine. We can get there. When we accept things for the way they are. Not what, what, what is it doing to me? What am I doing to me? What are you doing to me? What is God doing to me? Accept things. Accept God. Just, just live with God. Mamish Geula and Mamish Sema. It has to begin that way. The balance is, is that if I will always live in that realm, then I'm not going to be motivated to get even better. So there is a time. It's not the Zed. See, the, the, here you go to a good uh, person and they're going to encourage you and they're going to shift you and then you're going to go into this new mind place and you'll be stuck there. Plato never advocates for people to be stuck anywhere. We're free beings. It's important to be here, to be there. Sure. Okay, so we were having this discussion at your daughter-in-law's shear. Okay. Something similar to this. Okay. On Thursday, and we were all talking about like the Mashiach and when it's going to happen and how it's going to be, and we were saying that it's going to be a different state of consciousness, right? So, but does that mean that it's really internal? There's no changes externally. It's and are we going to have to wait until the last person reaches that milestone? Where the, they op- the opposite. That everyone in the month of other should pick practically one thing in your life that in your heart of hearts you feel anguish. No, when people I'm, are young, I'm they won't even admit it because they don't know how to deal with it. So first, when you're younger years, you don't notice it. Then you begin to notice it, you minimize it. No, no, no. There's something, there is no such a thing that a person before Mashiach has everything. There are things that deeply anguish the person. So I'm asking now. And that, that, Mashiach means that will stay exactly the way it is. And all of the anguish that it might bring the person now, when they shift themselves, it's going to be their greatest source of joy. 100%. What I'm asking is that when Mashiach comes. Yep. Like, is that only, is it only going to come once everyone reaches that inner higher level Mashiach of will come to you before it comes to other people. The, the collective so, Mashiach, it's, so it's so it's not I'm not talking about individual Mashiach. Um, but I'm talking it's very much connected. When enough people reach that level, it will easily be it's going to be available. It, it, it's I say better the reason why even people like us can get there is because other people did the work before us right. and they made it more. But people are already getting there, I feel like there's so much information out let me, there. Let me give you a beautiful story. Beautiful story written by the by the Friedrich the Friedrich Kedeva wrote so many nice stories, and some of it was stuck in Russia. And as time went on, um, like this was probably printed 20 years ago, 30 years ago, handwritten from the Friedrich with many details. I just wrote names down, not, I just read it. It's like a beautiful story. The Balshemtiv had a couple by the name of Moshe Shlom and Rivka that they were the main uh, supporters of the Balshemtiv's Sudaki endeavor of freeing people that were in jail, which was something very common. I, I, I would say that what happened to Rubashkin, which was a, a chutzpah, 
and, and the geula that he had was something that was common in the old world. In other words, it's not like the Jew that was in jail did nothing. This time they, they, they didn't pay rent, they did something that wasn't that kosher. And, and it was the, legally, that, that person was taken and their rights were taken evil. And they would put in, a, in jail and they would rot there for 10 years. Meshugah what went on to our grandparents. And the Baal big mitzvah was Pidyan Shalim. And this Moshe, Moshe Shlem and Rivka, they were, they were not the wealthiest people in the world, but they were very well off, and they gave all of their money for Pidyan Shalim. And, and again, the story begins with, you appreciate people based on what they're doing. There's a truth to that. And there was a certain love that Baal had to them. And they were married without children, and no matter how much tzedakah they gave, no matter how elated of a mood was the Baal whenever they would ask the Rebbe for a bracha, he would never respond. And when you ask a tzaddik and he doesn't respond, you understand it's not happening as of yet. And, and other Talmidim would intercede, and the people with whose money were freed would plead with the Baal in the merit of what he did, blessed them with children, no children, no children. Why don't you know the same? 25 years married. 25 years married, the Balshemtov calls on the couple. And, and Balshemtov asks them, How are you? And to be smart. When someone asks you, How are you in English, it means nothing. They don't, they don't want to hear your answer. But if Sadiq asks you, How you are, tell them the Amos. We're a good friend. Tell them the Amos. And, and, and they were good. They, they were good. They, the people knew what they were doing. They, 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 they told the Balshemtov, they acknowledged their blessings. And they told the Balshemtov that none of these blessings feel like anything to us. And he quoted a, a statement that Abraham Avinu told God Almighty prior to having children. That, I'm walking around, I'm cursed. So the Baal Tov told this Moshe Shlema and Rivka, you have to come with me on a trip. Now the Baal Tov had legendary trips that he would make with Soy Shabbos in his carriage. These are all the stories that I grew up with. And sometimes he would invite one, sometimes he would invite ten students. I don't know of any other story where a woman got to go along. No. For right or for wrong, a woman went along. This is the story. Here we go. So the Vashemtov told Moshe Shlaim and Rivka, you're coming along on the trip. Wow. And the Vakachoyim, and Bachal the Vashemtov would reach far destinations. These were miraculous trips. And the Vashemtov comes to a, 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 a Yishu, a Jewish village somewhere in Ukraine. And he tells this couple, come with me. And they go to the marketplace and they begin to see children going to school and he begins to stop the Balshem of the children. What's your name? Baruch Moshe. He stops another boy, what's your name? Baruch Moshe. A third boy, Baruch Moshe. Another boy, Moshe Wardachai. Another kid, Baruch Aliyo. Then he begins stopping the little girls. What's your name? Baruch Aleya. Nahagro, Baruch Aleya. The Fidikarev is a good writer. He writes it many times. Then finally, he got up to Baruch Miriam. And then he says, come, come with me in the carriage. And they went to, a, to the next village. And they began to stop the kids. It's like going into a Lubavitcher school. All the boys are Anachem and Luchai Mushka. And that, that was how everyone was named after this. Baruch Moshe and So finally, the Baal chose to stop a person. And he told him, listen, I'm wandering around here. A nice tour of you know, Jewish Ukraine. And this is very unusual. All of the kids have the same name. What's the story behind the name? So the guy says, everyone knows, don't you know? That Isaac, Isaac Moshe, Isaac Moshe was the butcher. Many years ago, he was a butcher. He was the Jew that made it. Mamish like Rabashkin. He not only sold meat, he got into the uh, life, life, livestock business. It's a good business. You buy animals, you sell animals, it's wealth. It used to be the wealth. It was real estate and cattle. 
and he became very wealthy. And he was married for many years, no kids, no, no children, no children, no children. A big tzaddik came there, and he gave a bracha to him, and he had, he had a son. He had a son, Baruch Moshe. This Baruch Moshe. The son gets married to Baruch Aleyah. Oh, one second. And Baruch Moshe was unable to learn Torah. He was unable. His mind wasn't opened. He went to school, like many kids. And you know, today again, there's many tools that are amazing that that our parents did not have. That the children that have certain challenges, we know how to really help them. They didn't have that. It was one refuah shalema for everything. That was a slap. That was how I grew up. And it was, but that was supposed to work for everything. Everything you don't know that slap, and then it worked. You were fixed. That's what they thought for thousands of years. The joke is on us. So this kid is not a chopping. He's bar mitzvah. He's not copying anything. He barely knows how to read. So his father, Isaac, a wealthy guy, tells his son, enough, enough, stop. It's anguish. Come work with me. And this Baruch Moshe was so successful. A 13-year-old, a 14-year-old, he grew the business. He grew the business so much that Isaac went back to learn. And Baruch Moshe became a junk. He became wealthy and he married Rachelaya. And what happened to his father happened to him. No kids. And listen to what this man is telling the Baal Shem, in the presence of Moshe, Shleimah, and Rivka. They're married for 25 years without kids. The only thing that Baruch Moshe understood a little bit is that in the Beis Medrash, at night, in Shul, between Mincha and Maidah, you're supposed to learn something. Nobody else, we learn Rambam. Everybody wants us to learn Rambam. In other Shuls, you say a Talmudic story. It captivates. Story. So he loved the stories. And then there was a certain statement or a certain message that he understood. And there was a statement that says that whoever teaches his fellow's uh, his fellow's child Torah, it's as if he gave birth to them. When he heard that, he completely broke down. He broke down because he had no children. And then he heard for one second that there's a way of having children spiritually by, by teaching other people and that he also can do. He says, I can barely read. Not I have children, not I'm able to teach and have children. So he faced his lot, and he was completely broke. So the, he walked over to the person giving the talk, and he, and he expressed his anguish, and the rabbi there told him, no, 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 you don't understand. It doesn't mean you have to teach them. It means you have to support the schools who teach the kids, and it's as if you gave birth to them. So the Baal told this couple, Moshe, Shlomo, and they have to be at tzaddik to say it that it was at that moment that they accepted that this, they will not have children and this is what God wants from them and they're gonna make the most amazing life as they are. And because of the wealth, they set up an educational system in all of the villages around and they had such hatzlach in educating the boys and the girls that when they passed away, everyone in this area named their children after them. So this is a story, unlike almost all the Balshams of story, where someone was anguished. I mean, this Moshe Shleim and Rivka, they were anguished. So that in Golos, the Geula is a bracha with a kid. That's a Golos Geula. The real Geula means, I'm not saying there's a place to try to get what you don't, 100%. But the real Geula is, is that when a person understands that this is what, this is my reality, which means this is what Hashem wants from me, and it's not that... I'll make peace with it. Those are bitter words. The opposite. This is amazing. This is, this is for you. That's your amazing. And a person, it's a, 
There's so much more joy in that, so much more than the joy that you feel when you accomplish something. When you get joy from what you did, you will have joy maybe for one evening. Right? You finished it, let's go celebrate if, and then the next day you're back to square one. When a person understands that it's amazing the way it is, and I'm going to find the beauty in it because it's not random, God made this life for me. Accept it, embrace it, and see the beauty in it, and you're going to have a joy that you never had in your life. That's Mishanichmas. Other, we celebrate the birth of Mishanichmas prior to him doing anything. Rabbi Zion has touched on so many points that I was struggling with. Okay. So it was beautiful. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> uh, I have a question. Yes. Doesn't acceptance hinder growth? Yes. That's why I gave a very important introduction. Okay. And that's I want to just repeat that. That is that we live in the world, the Western world, which is getting very good in showing people how to see things differently. And they're not, not changing the outer, changing the inner. What they don't yet, yet appreciate is that when we learn how to see things differently, we're not meant to say, aha, now I got it on a deeper level, I'm rejecting the old way. No, there are many layers, and there is deeper, and there is more external, but there are times that we're supposed to be in the external. Yeah, if we would only live in that reality, then there would be less growth in the world. It would not be good for the person, not be good for the world. There is the time to make a judgment, and there is a time to want what you don't, and to go and get it. There is a time for that. You can even argue six days of that. But Shabbos, which is in quantity less, is a much greater day. There's a menucha. Why am I benenucha? I don't have money for rent. Sunday, I should not be benenucha. Go Schwitz. Shall I be talking? Just a little bit. But, going there, yeah. but Shabbos, right. because it, it is exactly, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. But I also feel like that when you have this acceptance on your lot, yeah. there's so much more inner growth. Yeah. Because it's such a challenging thing. So yeah. how is it that you're it, saying one, that... One, one feeds into the other. You get into a good cycle. Because since you have to be in both modes, the, the core the core has to be value, for who, not for what you do. You are valuable. The Kuda. You have to have that. God celebrated the birth of Moshe. What was Moshe? Think about a baby. When we have babies, there's the biggest simcha. What's the simcha? The emes. The emes is simcha. Because we're not even expecting for the baby to do anything. Once you remove that, there's nothing more beautiful than a baby. And and we have that within ourselves. Then we get older, and, and there is a place to have expectations and to have certain goals. Again, and then the reality is, is that I don't always get what, I, what I'm looking to get. And there is an anguish with that, and that's okay. There's a place for that anguish, because that anguish, if it's going to be in the right measure, will motivate me. But I think... Just that, you, have, you have to know how to get into that right cycle. And, and other, other is the month that we have to celebrate who we are without not what we're doing. And if I do it with me, I'll do it with you. And if I'll do it with you, I'll do it with God. And that's mamish goal. This is the goal. Lachaim. All right, I have to run. That was great. Thank you. Thank you.